Hello, and welcome to Carried Away. I'm your host, Carrie Murray. As the founder of the Bra Network, the Business Relationship Alliance, I have met some of the most inspiring women working as entrepreneurs, freelancers, founders, executives, and creatives, and I want to share their stories with you. So let's get carried away. Let's get creative. Ooh, I love it. Today, I am joined with founder and creative director of Stellan Design, Jordis Small. Now, we all know we need logos and we all know we need branding, but do you have a brand and logo that really speaks to what you're selling and the clients you want to serve? Well, tune in because Jordis is going to take us through three steps to getting a clear and concise vision for your brand. Let's get carried away. Joining me today is a bra member. Some of my favorite guests are bra members, by the way. Uh, Jordis Small. She is the founder and creative director of Sell and Design. And if you go to my website and you type in Women on the Rise and you see the beautiful logo, <laughs> Jordis was the creator of that logo. I'm now going to get swag. I'm going to put that logo everywhere. <laughs> and Women on the Rise was, of course, canceled this year, last year. No, it, it was the last event of 2020. <laughs> it was canceled this March and moved to October. So we will be seeing that logo again as October approaches. I'm very excited. Welcome, Jordis. Hi, thank you for having me. And yes, that logo um, and that event was the last thing I went to right before everything shut down. So it's remarkable in many ways for me. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a, the last event for a lot of people. I remember like the next day, like the NBA shut down Mm -hmm. and like they, and I was like, Oh, we're in this for a while. The NBA is shutting down. (laughs) Like this is not good. But here we are a year later. Luckily things are starting to open up. Vaccines are happening and people are getting, you know, smart wearing masks and doing all the things and families are reuniting. And I'm excited that when we do have women on the rise in October, it'll probably be Mm -hmm. smaller. Um, But um, it's coming back and I'm excited. Um, so let's, Good. let's dive in. Let's get carried away about you All right, and your whole journey. First, I'm dying to know because most creatives I talk to, um, I always start with, you know, what did 10 year old Jordis want to be when she grew up? Like, did you, would you say, oh, I want to be a graphic designer? What did you say when you were 10 when people asked you that? Oh, that's a great one. I didn't say I wanted to be a graphic designer. So I don't think I fully understood that as a job, but creativity was definitely always in my path. And it had gone from being a chef to a fashion designer, an artist, but the fashion design one actually stuck the hardest. And I um, went to school for fashion design. I worked in fashion before I turned to graphic design. Um, So I feel really blessed to be doing what I do now. Um, But looking back at the past, it's really funny when you look back at your childhood and like the things that you did and the entrepreneurial thing was something that I didn't even it didn't even click till I think I was like 28 and someone asked me like, Oh, like what are things did you do as a kid? And I realized I was like, Oh my God, I used to make shit and like try to go hustle it to the neighbors. Like my babysitters lived two houses up and I'd load up my wagon with these weird things and I'd go sell it to them and bless their hearts. They'd like buy it for like 25 cents, but I like dug it. And I was like, I thought there was more. Yeah. You've actually always been an entrepreneur. Yeah, but I thought that was normal. I thought like every kid was doing that. And then they're like, no, no, that's weird. No, no, that's unique. I'm going to say unique. Um, I love that. Um, So that's actually a Georgia's original then of something you created and sold. So if that babysitter is listening, we want to see what what you made. I love that. Um, So tell me about fashion. So you went to FITM. Yes. Which to Um, me is all about Project Runway, right? When I hear FITM, I'm like Project Runway. Wow. Completely. And I was in high school right when like Project Runway became a show and I took, um, they had a fashion class um, in my high school and I took it and I took it so long that it became like independent study credit. So um, but it was my thing. I like loved it, loved sewing. I started sewing when I was like seven. So that was like my little creative outlet. And I just, I did fashion so long to where my school counselor was like, okay, this is like going as um, independent study credit. So you don't really need to like do this anymore. So I conned my way out of my senior year of high school that way to go to the local community college where I took general ed classes as well as like art and fashion. I get to fit them and I was just like 
hell bent on this fashion career. And for the first time in my entire life, I got straight A's. And it was totally one of those weird moments where in high school, I was always like a B minus C plus student. And it got, it fit them. I really, I was trying, but I wasn't shooting for straight A's because in my mind that was unobtainable, but I did it. And I like freaking loved college. It was the best. (laughs) And then I got into fashion and the fashion industry. And it was like, I knew it wasn't going to be pretty. Like I, my aunt was a fashion designer and I, I didn't go into it blind. I knew a little bit about what I was getting into. What I wasn't prepared for was the lack of balance um, between like super high turnover rate. And they just work people to the bone where nobody cares. Like nobody cares what's going on in your personal life. Nobody cares if you have a boyfriend or a husband or kids or if your dog's sick. Um, it was you're honestly, yeah. yeah, no, no one cares. Like, and it was like, you want to go home and you're looking at the clock and you're like, gosh, it's seven, seven fifteen. Can I go now? And you're like afraid to ask. And it just, it totally wasn't fun. And I um, felt so disappointed in myself for like being like, how can this be? How can I not love this? Like I should be thriving right now. And I should be, this should be it. And I was miserable. I would go in my car on my lunch breaks and like cry. And it was, you know, the epitome of like, what are you doing? And I even um, had a talk with my aunt because she was always, she was a fashion designer, but she was always like my idol and um, talking to her. And I'm telling her, she's like, Jordy, just get out. Like, you're not letting me down if you, you know, do this. And um, while I was working in fashion, um, a company that I used to work for at a retail store, uh, body gloves, they needed help designing a snowboard line. And they're like, Oh, Jordy went to fashion school. Can you help us with this? So it was like freelance, but it was like a dream project. So I did it. And at the time I'm like trying to manage this full-time fashion job and do this thing. And I think I was like 21 and it was just a lot. But at the end of doing that freelance project, they said, Hey, we have a, a graphic designer going on maternity leave. Do you want to fill in for like six months? And I was so miserable at the other job. I was like, yes, I'll figure out my plan at the end of the six months. And I ended up working there for like four and a half, five years, loved graphic design, like found what I call like my Holy grail. Yeah. um, Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a saying that says just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to love to do it. Yeah. And and this is a perfect example of that, right? You're probably, you excelled at it. You got all A's. You were probably a very hard worker when Mm -hmm. you were doing it, but miserable. I mean, that's a lot of what brings people to entrepreneurship. They're like, I'm done working for, to the bone for somebody else. I'd rather do it. Totally. I want to work to the bone for me and my business and and my clients. What was nuts. What I found was the, what was wrong in fashion is the equation of creativity versus like the unfun paperwork, which in fashion Mm. is getting the product made. So it's like, okay, you made this. Now you got to call out this and that, and like how, how so many technical specs behind it and labor. And on top of that sales is really dictating even what you're designing. So the amount of creativity is so small, whereas with graphic design, it's completely opposite. Like the amount of spec work I work on is maybe packaging designs, laying those out. But for the most part, it's like this wide open canvas. And the funny part is when I went to FITM, I did an advanced study course on brand development where I partnered with a graphic designer and we created um, like a surf clothing line. Of course, I'm born and raised in Southern California. That comes really natural to me. Um, But now that I look back, I'm like, holy smokes, I was doing brand back then and loving it, but I didn't even see that it was just, was on the wrong side. Right, right. uh, What I loved about fashion though was making things come together and making them fit and make sense and doing collection development and that sort of thing. So it's kind of funny now I just do it in a different medium. So I love that. That's so cool. That's so, would you say that you have Southern California influences your design, like your style? What's like your aesthetic? What would you call that? (laughs) I do. So now I kind of crack up. There've been a couple of times where I've gotten clients reach out to me and they'll say, Oh, I'm looking for a California vibe. Even I just had a client say that and they're in Pennsylvania, but I laugh because I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I got that. I got you. Yeah. And I didn't realize it. Same thing. Like until um, when I went to look at schools, uh, look at fashion schools, I went to New York to look at Parsons. And even back then, I never realized I was such a California person until I went to New York to like think about my life there. And I remember being like, oh my God, I don't fit in here. I need to go back. Like, yeah, you know, and not to say that I need to be stuck in this bubble, but I was like, wow, I am this 
this is my, I'm a flip-flop blue jeans kind of person. Yeah, that's right. And then how <laughs> so did you come up with the name Stellan? What is Stellan design? I've always wondered uh, that actually. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a funny story because if anyone's ever named a business, like you have, you, you, you know, start Googling to see what's out there. And first, when I first started my business, it was my maiden name, um, Jordis Mosley Design. And then someone gave me some advice. They're like, get your name. You don't want your name tied to your business. And I was like, thought about it. And I was like, okay, I can see his point. Um, so I was in this whole rebrand and I started looking up um, some German words because my grandma immigrated from Germany and she's, you know, total matriarch of our family and I'm very proud of that heritage. So I start Googling and um, I looked up the German word for imagine and the word for create. And while I didn't really love either of those, they each had this root word that was Stellan. So if you put the two together, it was like imagine, create. And yeah you know, like I said, I was kind of running down the rabbit hole where everything that I thought was cool, that was an American, like a, you know, English word taken by some scrapbook shop in Minnesota. And you're like, gosh, dang it. Dang it. <laughs> well, there's a realtor in um, Ohio who has carrymurray.com. Oh no. I'm a finder. You don't need that website, girl. <laughs> right. It's that's so like a disappointment. You're like, oh, I need this. And then you're like, oh, you got it before me. So, but I was really happy to find Stella in design and I've been happy with the name so far, except for when people think it's Stella or they think that my name is Stella. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I guess that's what brings us to our great topic, which is brand building. Jordan is going to take us through three steps. Jordis, sorry, three steps you can get to get clear on your vision, you know, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they start, when they think of, well, first, they don't really know what branding is, right? They're kind of like brand. They know what a brand is, like my business, my brand, but branding, they don't really Mm -hmm. wrap their head around that, you know? So first tell me what exactly is branding? Yeah. And this one's a big topic. And I feel like brand as a whole especially now there's so many like buzzwords going on about it and people always talk about it and like, Oh, that's your brand. That's your personal brand. That's, you know, and it's kind of like this fluffy enigma type thing that I think, unfortunately, a lot of people do get kind of suckered into like, Oh, okay. Like I, uh, I don't think they really have any clarity on it yeah, or know where they're going. And I know, um, you understand what a brand photographer is and, and I do, but it's like for a a lot of people, if you said even something like that, they wouldn't even know what that is. Um, but until you start to really understand what brand as a whole is, then you're, it totally makes sense why there would be a niche for that type of photography. And so I describe brand as your brain. So if you're to design a person, you would definitely start with understanding their thought process and with their brain and like, okay, how do they think? What are they going to say? What are they going to wear? And then everything else kind of comes out from that. So we really need to understand what your brand is before we even start to work on a logo. And for a lot of people that feels very uncomfortable because they're, they want something kind of like the logos, like the shiny object dangling in their face and they want to see it, but it's not like you can go into a jewelry store and look at a catalog of, you know, you don't, they don't have logos on little shelves where you can pick one. So you need to really start from that internal thing of like, okay, is it fancy? Is it, casual do you want to feel like you're talking to a friend is it pretentious are you all these different things so really thinking of your brand as a person and starting with their brain helps oh I love that that. such yeah that's a great great visual because it I know when I was first starting bra um I knew I wanted to be feminine right well obviously it's bra right but Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't I wanted a nod to a bra hello there it is bra (laughs) But where you're kind of like, is that a bra? Uh (laughs) But, you know, there's no straps. There's no like, you know, little flowers or anything like that. So you have to be really kind of intentional. And I didn't know that it was my graphic designer. Shout out to uh, Allie Wright, um, who's now in Hawaii. She's given up graphic design and moved to Hawaii. Mazel (laughs) Yeah, right? Like she's done so well. But I, it never occurred to me when I was doing branding that you had to actually think about the vision of it, you know, the, the mm-hmm. whole story that you wanted to tell, not just the pink, you know, yes. and it's so much more, more than that. When, what, what are clients feeling, you know, what, before they think I got to hire a graphic designer, you know, what, what mm-hmm. are they kind of like going through before they hire you? Um, that, and that's so funny. It's a lot of times clients, they don't know. So a good chunk of my time, especially in like 
those initial talks is like really educating people on like, what is your brand and how we have to get that before we can get that shiny little object that is going to be your logo. And one of the fun things that I've started doing is having clients send me what their hype song would be for like their hype video. And that's helped me tenfold because I can sit there and listen, like, especially I just had a client, he picked like six songs. I was able to listen to them all. And then I could say like, okay, cool. We need to be like upbeat and cool, but we're like still friendly and mellow and chill all from that music. And he's like, yeah, thank you. You know, but I'm listening to this music as I'm putting together these, um, this discovery doc with, you know, brand visuals as reference points and stuff, because we need something to check off to say like, are we on the same page? Does this feel right? Um, before we can kind of get started. So it's really as a, from the client perspective, they really need to start by understanding the why and getting to the how and the, the feelings that they really want to convey and how they want to connect with their audience. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And everyone, you must go to at Stellan design on Instagram because it's filled with so many cool things. I think that one, you did one for a cannabis company. I I forget which one it was, but I got you. Yes. Yes. It was just so clever how you integrated like that's a cannabis company, but you didn't really quite know. Like it was very, very cool. I like the setup. Thank you. I think it's, I don't like the, you know, loud, just like bright red and just like, or yellow, just like, bam, here's my logo. Your work is very subtle. It is very California. I I see that now. I see that kind of like, thank you. I love that. Like Venice beach. This is your girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny too. I, I, the older I've gotten, I've, picked up on on things that I'd never caught on before and one of them was that like I'm a practical person and I'm probably about as practical as they come so that really comes through in my design where I don't do these over-the-top elaborate things because it doesn't work like yeah a logo is like a black dress a pair of Levi's it's something that should be in your closet for forever and you accessorize it with like that fancy scarf or a new jacket and those are kind of like the brand assets that you can quickly interchange. And like, you know, you've, you can evolve your social media, however that looks, make it more funky, make it more professional, but your logo is your logo. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's that thing that recognizes you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're recognizable. Um, I love that. So tell me about the steps that people should take to make sure that their vision is clear. Cause I'm sure, I know when I was first working with you, you were, you're very patient because I knew when I was waiting to do the call, I was like, okay, I need to be clear so she can understand that. Mm -hmm. But, and I've, you know, it's hard to convey what's happening in my head. (laughs) I'm like, so this is what's in my head. Do you get that? And you interpreted Mm -hmm. it very, very well. So what are the steps for people to be clear on their vision? Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad I understood the nail on that one because it is, it's a scary process. It's scary for the client and it's scary for the designer as well because so many times you can think like, oh, I got this. I know what they want. And then I could send you something and you're like, uh, no, um, not what I'm looking for. And so I've been trying and, and I think I'll always be working towards this to try to take out as much guesswork as possible because um, nothing more can ruin my day than getting a client's feedback and saying they don't like it mm. or them just being okay with it. Like, then I'm like, no, 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 I want to fix it. So it's really this whole process of, understanding what it is you're looking for and that's sometimes some people it comes really easy to other people need a little more guidance but either way like like I said the first step is always knowing your why and who and really understanding what your purpose is and having those fundamental statements that you can share with the designer of saying you know I want to be known as like the best you know we'll just stick with the cannabis thing but they are doing high-end cannabis so they were like, we don't want to be like for Joe Schmo. We right. are like, you know, that high end. We're in New York. We want that really, they wanted an art deco feel. They were really adamant about those things that they wanted. And that helped me so much. Um, and then like really starting to compile what you see for your brand. And that's where I like Pinterest comes in as one of the most powerful mm. tools. Yeah. Uh, putting together a mood board gathering little assets of things you like and sharing with the designer as to like why you like it and what you like about it. And while a lot of times um, those assets don't necessarily work for your logo, like you told me Jade Purple Brown, like 
she loved her work. And I was able to like then look at her work and say, okay, that's rad. That's super cool. We can't do that for a logo, but that vibe is going to help me. Yeah. So it's like, I love her work. Like you have to communicate visually, which for some people, like obviously that's why designers designers exist, you know, (laughs) because not everybody knows how to do it, but being able to like start a little pile of what you like, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that, you know, and you can go down that Pinterest rabbit hole so quickly. Um, and, and then you're all of a sudden in like five different email funnels and you're like, what, what's happening? (laughs) What I love about Pinterest though, is the algorithm and how you can literally go on there. Like I usually hate an algorithm, but in the sake of Pinterest, like when I was planning my wedding, I was like, Oh my God, this is a dream. Of course I like that. How did it know I liked that? Like mm-hmm. helped you. But you, the best part about it is spending like 20 minutes on it, going through and just pinning stuff to a board. And then when you go back and look at that board and you'll find that you pin similar things more than once and you can say, okay, I must really dig that. Maybe that's where I need to go. So it's kind of this process of like refining and ah. picking things that work and then letting that algorithm work for you. Cause if you type in like clean logo designs and you pin a few that you like next time you go back, it's going to show you a few more. You same might like, thing. yeah, the same thing. Are you really active yeah. on Pinterest as an entrepreneur? Um, yes and no. I've, I tried to post, you know, on my work stuff. Um, but for the most part, it's just been such a helpful tool for me communicating with clients yeah. where I'll have them do a Pinterest board before I do my mood board so I can kind of like help them we'll refine it so that's like step one where they do their Pinterest board then I can look at it and say this feels like what we talked about this doesn't I think we should go here or however that conversation goes yeah that's really really important I know it's almost like you need the visual to create their own interpretation of it right like you do yeah that much easier because I feel like you know it's like you're talking two different languages. You know, mm-hmm. I want, I want it to look like this, but I don't want it to look like this. I want it to be Vogue, but not, you know, self magazine, but I don't necessarily want it to be elite, but I want it. It's so you must get so much conflicting <laughs> information from people. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Sometimes like I, I'll laugh at some of the words and with brand, um, you get people when you say, okay, who's your target dem- demographic? And they'll say, oh, three to 93, <laughs> you know? And you're like, hmm, okay, let me walk you through this. Because, you know, while three to 93-year-olds can shop at Target, that's not their target demographic. Right. You know, Um, so so it's kind of like a a guiding process. And it is so like, if I can be a little candid and share a little bit of a horror horror story. (laughs) Please, by all means. Like I said, my worst feedback is when the client says, oh, I'm, I'm just not loving any of these. I'm I'm like, oh, what am I missing? So we run through my whole process, my discovery process, which I, I'm very proud of. And most of the time is a great success tool. And I get people saying like, oh my God, you nailed it. But this one time, this woman was like, no, I don't know. I'm just not super excited about any of these. Maybe this one, maybe this idea. So I'm like, okay, we go down that road a little bit further. And it was like a Celtic knot type thing. And really getting to the point where I'm like exhausting these and she's not happy and she finally like she emailed me and she's like can I just pay you for your work up to here I don't you know and I was I was Aww. relieved because I was like yeah I don't I don't know yeah, and we might need um, to break up yeah <laughs> yeah like and then I ended up seeing a logo that she was looking at using and it was a like tie-dyed mermaid with a fire tail <laughs> and it was out of left field compared to like my discovery, my style references, everything that she had signed off on, but -hmm. she was like in this. And I was like, okay, so that's where there was like just this massive disconnect of, um, I don't know who's, no one's at fault there, but obviously it's like, you know, she didn't fully understand the purpose of the discovery and how that would translate into a logo. Um, you know, it was just a whole mess up, but I was like, those are not, these things that you told me over here that that doesn't have a mermaid on it (laughs) yeah I was like "Hmm, I didn't know that was there you know fire mermaid (laughs) uh that's hilarious so you have a great story about something that happened to you when you were buying some meat at a butcher I want to hear this story 
Okay, so this is my um my aha, also my mind F moment. Right. And I was it was a weekend. It was like probably six years ago now. And I'm in sweat, going to sprouts for a barbecue, just minding my business. And there was like a line at the butcher counter. So I take a number, you know, to finally call my number and talking about the weather. And this butcher looks at me and just goes, Hey, do you do some sort of graphic design? And I like took a pause and I had to look down at my shirt and make sure I didn't have a name tag on from going to a networking thing. Broad network. Yeah. Broad <laughs> yeah. member, graphic designer. <laughs> and I glanced down and I looked up and I was like, how did you know that? And he's like, oh, I'm just really um, intuitive on these types of things. And he goes, did you just like make a big shift in your business? And this was right after I changed the name to sell and design. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it was like the weirdest conversation. And I remember getting a little like out of sorts because I was tripping yeah. really like, yeah, is how this is this? yeah. And I asked him, I was like, are you like some sort of psychic? And he's like, oh, no, I'm just really intuitive that way. And he told me, he goes, stick with it. And I was like, if there wasn't a line of people behind me, like waiting to get their barbecue food, I wanted to be like, so what kind of car am I going to drive? Like, how many kids am I going to have? Um <laughs> But I just left left it at that. And mind you, like the rest of my shopping took me like two hours. I was like slowly sauntering like through the aisles. Did that just happen? Right. Like, was that real? That's but it's, it's I, crazy. Still can't get over it. But on days when I'm having those really hard days and all, the, I mean, any entrepreneur gets it, but it's, it's a wild ass roller coaster. And it's like, when it's shitty, it is like shitty times a hundred. Yeah. And so at least like having that one little thing where I'm like, well, Terrence, the butcher at Sprouts, to stick with it so I'm gonna like, have you gone back to yeah. tell him how wildly I, successful you are I have like ever since that happened and I shopped at that sprout like all the time I'd always look for him and I never saw him again now that's ever. even creepier yeah he's <laughs> like your Mary Poppins just came down and said what kind of meat for your barbecue completely it was it was just so weird I'm oh, like okay that is a but, trip oh that's yeah. cool though that's kind of cool um <laughs> I'm dying to know you mentioned you know when what what advice would you give someone now that they've hired you what are the best practices when working with a graphic designer as an entrepreneur who's looking to hire mm-hmm. like now I've hired you like what are you like you got to kind of do this what do you what advice would you give to people who are working with a graphic designer tell them exactly how you're feeling upfront, honest feedback. Don't ever shy away from like giving the feedback. And I've learned this too now with my clients where I used to just email off logos and, and stuff and wait for their response. And I've learned you cannot do that because they won't understand it. Or if there is like this minute little thing that they don't like, you know, all of a sudden their feedback's like, oh, I don't love it. Whereas if I was on a call, they could say like, oh gosh, I hate the color green. Green, you know, my least favorite color. I could change the green. And then in a, in, in a minute, they love the logo. So it's just that being open with each other. And I think phone calls work best. And if you yeah. hate it, tell them why. Because the worst feedback I can ever get is I don't know. I'm just not loving it. You're like, oh. I want to fix it for you, but until you give me like a little more, as we're graphic designers are pretty close to mind readers, but they're not. <laughs> yeah, you're you're really great interpreting things. Um, now I want to ask you advice you would give to an to a, a budding graphic designer. If I'm you know like right out of school, I want to start my own firm, my own creative agency, I'm a graphic designer. What would you say to the younger version of you? When you first started, what advice would you give yourself or any, anyone who's looking to become starting a graphic design business? I would say, um, raise your prices. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I look back and I'm like, oh, I charged $35 an hour because <laughs> I took my salary and like most divided it and pushed, brought it up a little. So I was like, oh, I'm going to be killing it. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> doesn't work like that um definitely I think knowing figuring out what you're good at early and like sticking hard to that um I just actually had a talk with someone the other day who does similar work to me but she was just starting and um she just had so many different skills in her you know on her list of services and then she's like oh and I can also do video editing and like 
I told her, I was like, okay, you got to like pick what you want to be doing and tell people that. Cause otherwise you're going to end up being, you know, like I, I had used to have social media listed as my services. And then I was like, wait a minute, you definitely don't do social media, Jordy. Like just cause you can size up someone's profile Stop. picture. Or, <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's the, the miscommunication between like, when I worked at body gloves, I would do social media ads. Like they would say, Hey, we need these graphics laid out for these specs. Great. I could do that. But that's so different from like, I don't want to be posting on someone's social media coming up with their content. Like I'm horrible at that. I can't even function on my own stuff. <laughs> like, so yeah. it's like just knowing like you don't need to be good at all of it. Pick one and become the pro, you know, doing that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Was that hard for you when you were starting out to just pick the, I'm just going to focus on branding and graphic design. Did you want to also do all the things? Yeah, I still like try. I gotten a lot better about it, but like the fact that I still have websites listed on my list of services and I, it's a little muddy. Cause I'm like, I partner with a web developer, which is great. So I didn't, I was like trying to learn coding when I first started my business and <laughs> cause I felt like I needed to know all this. Right. I was like, no, I don't. But even still now with websites, I've been working on a few web projects and the design part is fun, but the follow through that comes with creating a beautiful website is where I get lost and I lose a little bit of steam because mm -hmm. I love doing the creative part. So it's kind of like, okay, I came in and gave you my plans and now I don't really want to hang out and watch the house being built because that's boring. Yeah. Um, so I'm even still on the fence over if I want to keep that you know, in my repertoire of services. And it's mm -hmm. hard because when, especially with brand, when I design a brand for a client, designing their website is a very easy fit into the project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, vice versa, it's a lot harder. So when somebody has, when, and I had to say no to those types of projects when clients will say, I need a website, but they have zero branding because it's so hard. You stare yeah. at a white screen and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is hard. So how do they prepare to work for you? So an ideal client, what should they have prepared before they hire you? Well, I have um, a fun little freebie on my website for a Pinterest guide to creating your mood board. Love but it. I think the mood board is step one. And even sometimes people like they're, websites like Fiverr and 99designs and stuff, I would say like they have their place in the world. And for people who aren't familiar with what those are, they're websites you can go on and you'll probably be connected with a designer overseas who can afford to do a logo for you for $100 or something. And a lot of times people have asked like, oh, well, how do you like compete with that? And I'm like, okay, I don't. Like, oh, you don't at all. I don't and I can't. Like it doesn't, mm -hmm even compute. But on top of that, the level of work you get and what you're getting is totally different. So pretty much if someone's really bootstrapping and straight up can't afford to get their logo done and their branding done properly, I always say I'm like, I get it. When you're starting a business, everything's expensive. And so if you need to go get a hundred dollar logo to have something to like slap on an invoice for the next couple of years while you get rolling, do it. And that'll help give you a little bit of guidance as to what you like and don't like and what works for you and get a little bit of that footing under or also if you have a good enough budget go on those websites and get a few logos to start to see what you like and don't like then hire a brand designer to you know elevate maybe yeah. elevate it yeah maybe you're going to run with that idea but it's that way it's pretty much when someone if someone has like that napkin sketch of like oh this is my logo and I've actually had to tell people when people tell me that they have a napkin sketch, I'm like, that's great. But chances are that's not going to be what I'm going to do for you. And a lot of that has to do with people not understanding what a logo is. Mm, what's a logo? Um, <laughs> here's a little <laughs> mind, mind blower. A logo is identification, not communication. Yeah, I wish I could take credit for that. This guy, Saggy <laughs> Habib said it. He's a famous logo designer. But it's like Nike, you look at Nike, if you came from Mars tomorrow, all you know is that's showing movement. Yes. But you don't know they make football stuff and golf stuff and yoga stuff. Like, oh. you don't need to communicate that. So a lot of times when people have their napkin sketch, it's like, oh, okay, I'm a baker. So here's my sketch of me with my mixer. And like, 
it, they're Cupcake putting everything. And, yeah. Yeah. It's all in one. And that's not what that is. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And we're going to put the link to your, um, Pinterest, um, mood board, what, oh, cool. like a workbook. We'll put that in the show notes. So everybody yeah. who's listening, if you don't have, if you're listening to this while you're driving, don't do it right now. <laughs> However, go back to the show notes or to stellandesign.com and grab your free Pinterest, how to create the best mood board possible. I, I love that. It's such a powerful thing too, just for anyone. If you're even just thinking of starting a business, creating a mood board is like something that can get you excited about it. And if it's something that you're going to do like five years down the road, maybe you just like add to it here and there. And then before you know it, you can like glance back and be like, oh my God, I did that. Yeah, that's so true. It's kind of like a modern, like I loved when my dad would take me to the hardware store as a kid mm-hmm. and I'd go to the paint aisle and they'd have all the color swatches. <laughs> and I would just take a few, like I need this one and I need this one. And uh-huh. then I'd create like a little scrapbook. Well, that's basically what Pinterest is now, right? Yeah. It's a search engine, right? You can put in aqua blue, you know, turtles um, and you'll see what populates as a, as a logo. It's, it's, it's a really, really powerful tool. And I think a lot of people think of Pinterest as social media and it's not at mm-hmm. all. It is very no. much a search engine, uh, very visual as, as opposed to like a Google or something like that. Um, it's, really, really essential. I'm sure for anybody who's a graphic designer, what, I mean, where else would you go to get inspiration? I, it's that's funny. So I, don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if any, like I do the Pinterest things, but I haven't talked to any other graphic designers if they've like rave about it as much as I do, as far as mm-hmm. a tool. Cool. But I, yeah. I think it's like, I've gone back to it for anything creative in my life. You know, whether you're planning a party or building a business, it's like, yeah, cool. I think that it's, I agree. It's, 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 I mean, I use Pinterest all the time. It's, it's value. I see its value in it. I also use it as like this podcast will be on Pinterest, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I want as brand exposure as a tool, but I also am like, I need great pumpkin carving ideas. Yeah. <laughs> like stuff like that. Um, now I want to ask you about Fiverr um, because I have, I get conflicting, you know, people have very different, strong opin- opinions about this website. Mm-hmm. Um, they think it's cheapening the business, the, you know, the business of designers, not only, you know, graphic designers, but web developers, photographers, creatives, you know, it's a, it's a place yeah. where creatives can go. And if you want something on the cheap, you can get something, but you're, you're not going to get what I think you provide so well is first off multiple revisions. If you need mm-hmm. revisions, but I get to talk to you on the phone. I get yeah. to have this personal where at Fiverr, everyone should know it's like a one-off. It's it like, walking in, um, to a McDonald's and you're just going to get fries. You're not going to get anything fancy. Um, do you no. think it's, it's hurting the kind of industry of creatives or do you think it's supporting it? What are your thoughts? I on don't, that? I don't think it's hurting it. And I think for people who live in a lot of times, these third world countries, a lot of them are in India or, um, Eastern Europe. So if they can charge a, an American $100 for a logo, they're, they could be feeding their family for, you know, my husband and I went to Bali and I learned that like 50 bucks is like him making like an entire week's worth of work. So yeah, it's, if someone can make a living doing that, who am I to knock that? And sometimes there's great designers out there who, like I said, live in a third world country and don't have the exposure that I would have to get these jobs and so everyone's just trying to make a living. Yeah. I, I think it's also one of those things where you get what you pay for in yes. anything. So it's the same thing with like rocket mortgage. It's like, Hey, I need a mortgage. Should I just go on? What's the experience I'm going to get on clicking a few buttons online versus Working meeting a mortgage, mortgage broker mortgage who broker. like yeah. knows me, knows my husband knows, you know, it's a totally different experience. And yeah. the, knowing thing. And what I've learned, the difference is I actually did a little case study where I subbed out some logos to someone on Fiverr 99 designs. So let's just see if I can get some fresh ideas on this project. And what I got back was kind of comical. I've used it in a few keynotes now because I'm like, this is what I sent him. I sent him what I was working on, the vibe we wanted. And this is what I got back. And it was like, (laughs) did you, did you 
read or read look it? at that like, or did like you even read it like yeah and I'm like hi so I'm a I'm a brand designer and that got lost in translation lord knows what happens when it's um someone who's not experienced with this so I think it can be you're going to pay for it whether you're paying for it with your wallet or with your time yeah so for sure it, it is what it is and there's nothing designers like myself can do about it except try to educate people on what it is and who it's good for right you know and do you get the 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 comment that, Oh, that's that you're too expensive or that's not what, what I, I, and I noticed this with photographers I've talked to on the podcast mm-hmm. too. People really don't understand the concept of how much it costs. They think like, Oh, you're just drawing something like it. And yeah. it's not that right. So when you get that kind of like, Ooh, that's a little bit too much. How do you create that? Like, well, I'm worth it because <laughs> you are. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's definitely, I still struggle with that. And logo, I've actually written a few blogs about this because it's so one of those things where this price bracket is huge, where I'm listening to Steve Jobs' book on Audible and they're talking about how in 1980-something, he paid $150,000 for a logo. And yet over here, you have Fiverr selling logos for 65 bucks. Mm-hmm. So literally the barometer's free to $250,000. Where do I fit in? So it's like, my price points are like upper, like low end in the scheme of that. <laughs> but sure. still to some people that might seem like a lot. And I do get a lot of sticker shock, but it's um, usually after I educate people that the amount of time, what's frustrating with the logo is like, sometimes it'll end up being the most simple shape. Like I had one that I ended up pitching to a company that does, um, they do glass, like commercial glass. And one of the favorite logos that I came up with was like a rectangle and it was it was just it like I knew it I was like this is it but shit how do I email this up to him and he's gonna be like you drew a rectangle so I put together like a presentation where I showed him like this is the road I went down this is everything Mm -hmm. and look this rectangle is a beautiful sheet of glass like you know, I put a little ping in there. So it was a little, yeah. little flare, but sometimes it's like a logo needs to be simple to make it live in the real world. And a great logo should be able to be redrawn by a five-year-old. Oh, I love that. You can, de- I can't do it right. Yeah. This can be drawn. A five-year-old, by a five-year-old. can draw that. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. So, so you know, I also go ahead, finish. No, it's just um, educating people on that path that you took to get to the simple shape is always, um, it's always a process. and. Yeah. Knowing a little bit about the industry, like to put it this way, my price points are high for a freelancer, very low for an agency, because with big agencies, you have so much overhead. But what's unfortunate, what happens with big agencies is unless you're paying $100,000, they're subbing, they're giving your project to a junior designer. Right. So it's not you, it's your yeah. assistant or something. Yeah. Doing the yeah. design. Yeah. You get one of the little guys. You designing it. Yeah. Completely. My price point, you get me. You get you. And I like that. I wouldn't want to hire a photographer or a makeup artist and be like, I'm going to get you and then give me an assistant. Like, no, I hired you to do my makeup, not your assistant. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's definitely, it's hard in a creative industry, except I do feel other creatives get it, right? They Mm -hmm. get your worth. They get that you're you should be charging more or the value of what you're providing, but it is hard to communicate, you know, that on a website or in a call and everything. And I know for on most, the best sales tactic I've ever heard is like for a creative is once you give them your pitch and you tell them how much you stay quiet. Yes. (laughs) I heard that one. I need to put it in play and like, just let them sit with the price a minute and you don't say anything after that. Cause you know, um, it is funny because the new thing I just heard too is like you can't convince someone because it literally has the word con in it. I was it's like, so true. It's so true. <laughs> I love it. Well, I think you're worth it. Um, thank you. And, um, I w- want to wrap up with like best way to get a hold of you. What what kind of brands do you particularly work with? Who's your like ideal client that you want to work um, with? Okay, so this also will go back to like defining, like I said, when you asked for advice for a younger designer and I said, pick what you want to do. Um, I have never niched on like an industry. So I'm a little bit all over the board, but that's what I like. So ideal businesses for me is like anything from like, I'm working with a payroll tech startup to a K 
cannabis company, pre-COVID restaurants were super fun, but I like love working with people who appreciate my design aesthetic. That's usually a great sign of a good project. Um, Fun, up up and coming, passionate people, passionate business owners are my favorite. Love that. And also just, just a special shout out. You also did the logo for Everyday Action, which is my sister-in-law's nonprofit. So you actually do logos for nonprofits as well. Ah. Um, so there you go. And you can see it on her Instagram. It says Everyday Action, which is a nonprofit that takes food from sets and restaurants and delivers it to the homeless encampments. And you did something so simple and it made so much sense because all it was was a fork and spoon. <laughs> and it just said there, and I was like, and it almost looked like a plate, right? So I was like, this mm-hmm. is brilliant. Like it's <laughs> Perfect. And I, I love their mission. Just it was really easy to get behind. My husband works in entertainment and all he does is come home and talk about the food waste and so much. You no, know, I'm just like, this is so sad. Yeah, so much. This is so good, so so great. Thank you so yeah. much, George. This is so so great. Okay, so let's get carried away really quick before we wrap okay. up. Um, first, during the pandemic, yeah, you have a toddler. Probably <laughs> it's the best time to have a baby, I think, like because you're you're just home and the baby's yeah. like with puppies the puppy and the baby are gonna be like you're you're here all the time boy are they for a shock (laughs) so how what have you been staying entertained with podcasts books binging netflix how are you keeping yourself busy yeah i do um i do a lot of listening so definitely audiobooks and if anyone's not aware the libby app if you get a library card free audiobook i didn't know Um, that it's awesome. So I like, I'm like, Oh, sweet. Now I can like listen for free. Um, but I have been so obsessed with pretty much all of Malcolm Gladwell's books. Tell me more. Um, what does he write about? He, I don't know who that is. Oh, you would, you'd love it. Like there's one called outliers is the best, but, um, he's got a whole slew of them and they're all kind of looking at like why things are. And like one of them was like pretty much to be a successful tech entrepreneur you had to be born between like 1955 and like 1960 and you had to be born in this certain geographical area and like all the stars kind of had to align or um mm-hmm. pretty much all the guys in the nfl i'm uh, not the nfl sorry the nhl their birthdays happened to fall between january and february because they were older when playing the sport they were like the oldest one on the team but just these weird little little quirks and like This one blew my mind too that, um, and I I mean, no hate against any race at all, but, um, you know, I I went to school with a lot of Asian students and they were always really good at math. And I think that's a great stereotype, you know, if that is a stereotype, but in this book, he actually breaks down why that is. And it's like in their language, the way they count numbers is different than in the English language. Oh, interesting. So they learn math a lot quicker. They like, by the time they're two, they're already counting to a hundred versus like, you know, we got three. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's just like those, those why statements of like, oh, so that's, that's why that is. It's really like mind blowing, fun little facts and stories. Love that. that. Now, where are you going to take your beautiful son when pandemic's over? Where's the first place you're going to take him? If it ended tomorrow, I'm going to take uh, you here. You've got to see this. <laughs> I want to go to Bali, but I don't know about taking him on that flight. <laughs> no, don't do that. Go with your husband or girlfriend. Like, don't take him. Right. I'm like, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Road trip it somewhere. Yeah. That's so, it's, it's the best advice I got from um, my mommy and me teacher, Cynthia, love you, is that when you travel with children, you're not taking mm-hmm. a vacation, you're taking a trip. Um, uh, yeah, so it's not a vacation if you have children with you. So uh, it's my, yeah, it's not. <laughs> I do, I do have a romantic notion though of us like being able to take him to Bali and like you can play on the beach and you know. <laughs> you can do that in Hawaii and save a lot of plane time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So my last question always is what are two or three things that um, people are obsessed about that you can't really wrap your head around? People get mm-hmm. so carried away about it. I'll give you an example. I don't understand the admiration for Rachel Hollis. I don't get it. I don't, I don't jam her vibe. She's not, she's not my cup of tea. Don't get Rachel Hollis. I also don't like the idea of eating chocolate. 
I don't like either of those. <laughs> I'm like, Easter was yesterday and I just filled up on some uh, <laughs> leftover we candy have jelly and chocolate. Beans. Yeah, gummies and jelly beans. That's in our Easter basket. Swedish oh, fish, interesting. but no chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say I can't get into the, like the video on I feel like, okay, with TikTok, now that's like bled over into Instagram. And when oh, I scroll the through there, I'm like, what happened to just the static pictures that I yeah. could like like? And I was thinking about, I woke up thinking about social media today and how um, angry at it I get. Like yeah. I do it for my business, but I do it because I have to, because of my business. Even posting on my social, I do feel that pressure of like, oh, like they want to see me and know me and like, let me share this. But thinking about the time that people are spending on these videos, yes yeah and reels yeah and like you know a, my one of my friends is like oh you need to get on tiktok it'd be great for your business blah, blah blah and I like started an account and posted like one or two things and I was just like I can't do this I got a, a baby and a, a baby. business yeah. I gotta pick and choose and like this it kind of bums me out when I think about the amount of time that people are spending trying to get validation through likes and you know it's kind of starting to bug me yeah. And I wish, I wish there was a way that you could opt out, but I don't think there is. <laughs> Not yet. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so. uh, anything else? Mm, probably, probably the news in general right now. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. really, those bad headlines. I'm like, yeah. really, can we mix in some love in these? <laughs> yeah. Can we highlight something great that's happening? You know? <laughs> yeah. Another like book that I read was um, Influence that was really interesting, but it talked about like the power of influence. And I'm like, okay, can we do a little science experiment where we just share good news for like a week, two weeks and like see what starts to come about? Because maybe if people hear good stories, make them feel better. They want to do a little bit more good instead of, you know. Perpetuating the negative, right? Yeah. Let's start perpetuating the positive. Mm-hmm. There's an idea. I'm with you on that. I, I have to unfollow a lot of people because mm-hmm. I just can't handle hate, 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 ang- just anger, anger, anger. I don't, I think it messes with your psyche. I think it, it does your day. And I'm just like, I don't want that. Um, I especially don't want it when it comes to my business. Okay? You know, I want to be able to compartmentalize that. Um, right. Not, you know, I know it's not rainbows and unicorn farts every day, but um, yeah. what I'm consuming, I need to have more control over. So I totally, it's funny. my husband jokes with me cause he's always, you know, up on the, you know, all oh, this and that. And I'm like, la, 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 la. And I'm like, <laughs> I make logos. I got a cute baby, you know, life is I good. Donate, <laughs> I donate to charities I care about. And I'm always happy to help a friend, but like at the end of the day, like I can't, just consume that stuff, you know? No, I feel you. I feel you. Well, thank you so much for getting carried away with me. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Uh, We're going to say bye to Facebook. Bye, Facebook. Bye. That's in the Bra Network. If you are a member of the Bra Network, you do get a special like live recording so you can actually watch us and not just listen to us. I hope you learned something new. Now, if you are a female founder, thought leader, disruptor, and you're like, can be on that show, then you need to email me with some topics. Email me directly, carrie at bra-network.com or send me a DM on the IG at bra underscore network. I'm always looking for fabulous, fierce females to feature. And hey, if you're a guy, I'll feature you too, because we all have knowledge to share. Until then, thank you for getting carried away. Go ahead and like and subscribe to all the things and all the places. Until next time, have a great day. Stay safe. Wear a mask.